in finding a lot of the different aspects of life. I think one thing that we don't distinguish properly is what it means to be compassionate in honesty versus blunt. Because we've already talked about examples. And I think that was just a small sample of what it would look like. But what does it actually feel like? And what is the reasoning that you go through in your mind when you say, I need to be more compassionate about seeing somebody in uh, in front of me that is different or a little bit rare or lives a very different life. Maybe it's healthy, maybe it's unhealthy. And then what is the benefit ultimately? And it's not going to be what you think. It's not going to be um, this fluffy benefit that you get from being necessarily compassionate. But it's definitely a benefit and it um, is why we evolve. So we're going to get into this. What does it actually mean? What does it look like to be compassionate? The blunt honesty, I'll start off by kind of transitioning from blunt to compassion. Because I know a lot of us have had, um, not even transitioning, but incorporating some distinguishers. Because there are times when blunt is actually very useful. Especially when boundary settings, a boundary setting, um, blunt is very, very useful. Especially in um, making sure that nobody is going to take advantage of you. And there are times when compassion is like way too much and you actually need the bluntness. So I'll be getting into that as well. So, what does this actually look like? What does this mean? So, in times where you would need to be very blunt is... If somebody, for instance, wants a kind of relationship that you don't want... Right, and you've tried like explaining, you've tried showing that you're actually, you don't click that way, but you do other things in other ways or whatever it is, right? And somebody is like insistent on a different kind of relationship, whatever that is, right? Um, it could even be um, a family member who wants a certain setup of being close and and feels that they are owed. They are owed access to parts of your life, especially 
when you become an adult and especially when you're different and you're disabled and things like this. And this could honestly be, I want to put together tools in productability that have to do with how you can do this mentally to start with even at first to kind of get this process going in a way. Um, and that'll come later. And so, cause a lot of this deep work I want to transfer into a productability, um, environment with your own space. Um, but it has to start with a lot of the mental processes that you can manage things. And so, and then that way you can kind of feel like you're building a foundation, but the deeper work always is going to be available and essential. So, um, if a family member wants access to certain parts of your life and things like that, um, and you are not blunt about why that you don't have that kind of relationship, maybe they haven't earned that. Um, and it's been like long enough to know, like for years, or maybe it's been a process of you are finding autonomy in your life and Maybe you're just, you know, you're an adult and you've ha- you found it, something you've had to fight for and you've found it and they still feel like, well, I just want this part of your life. Maybe their heart feels kind of emotional towards you or um, attached, but you have to be very blunt sometimes because they will be very, very, very persistent in making sure that they are like owed that you are paying what you owe them, whether that's in time, whether that's in money. A lot of people are in situations right now. Um, I, I've been in that situation for years. It actually didn't end up helping me where the family is somehow sharing all these. And I think for some families, it's very rare, but I do think for some families, this can work. So I'm not knocking you if it's working for you. Um, But in other cases, families are not so encouraging. Families are not so, let me help you get to this other place or back from this other place so that you know you can go with the security that you'll have support and help in getting transportation to get back or support and help, you know, as as part of kind of your support system. We all have a support system and there's nothing wrong with that. We all have um, different ways of helping each other out and it doesn't make you any less of a person. I think we struggle with that a lot. Um, But in any case, like not everybody has a support system that is, you know, living with me is going to be, um, I'm going to have my life and do my work, but essentially I'm going to make the time with you is going to be about you and your needs and I'm going to help you, um, with a lot of things that you might need. I think that's very strengthening to a relationship when a family can do that. And I want to be that parent as far as being the guide. When my daughter grows up, like, I think that that's very, very cool. Even if that meant that there was a situation, I would hope that things would be, we all want things to be different in the economy. But if it had to be a situation where she needed heavy guidance from me, um, I would want to do the same thing that I've seen from friends and families and other parents that are um, really kind of cool. It's like, I want to help you know that you have a support system with your, for example, your food stamps or your doctors or whatever. And that um, I'm also 
finding support in you as a relationship. And it's a healthy thing if you can do that the right way with your family. I know on this podcast, I've probably looked judgmental to you. I probably looked like I'm knocking all kinds of ways that support systems can help because I've had to fight a different battle than that. Um, Maybe you're fighting the battle of letting people in. Um, But there's also a case in which maybe some of that is in a different way. Like it could be somebody's offering you a drink and you don't want to drink. You have to be very blunt sometimes. Like, no, you know, or maybe it's not about the drink and that's not the problem for you, but it's a relationship. Somebody is insisting on that they want um, romance or of a sexual nature or whatever. And you feel, you just don't feel that you need that kind of thing. Like you might even think that they're cool, but you don't feel that they need that. You have to be blunt and, Eventually, like, you've tried to be nice and, you know, reject their advancements, but eventually you have to be like, no. Um, I know genders, different genders have this problem. With that, I actually can tell you in getting deeper in my gender um, introspection that men actually have a a big problem in, um, because females can be very, very aggressive in a lot of ways and men have a problem Um it's actually pretty sexist um, of us as females to assume that it's the other way around all the time when sometimes it's actually in this way where um, in a nonviolent way, somehow the man has to be very blunt um, and things like that and in that nature. Um, and that's just one deep example of many examples I can think of. Sometimes it's having to do with parents that kind of just really want to be cared for and their disabled kids have to like learn to take care of themselves and they can't necessarily care for that parent and it's not about having a support system or being a supportive guide in that nature. Um, and so that's one way of learning compassion because um you can have a completely different family that you've grown up in versus somebody else who's grown up completely differently. And instead of like ripping on that and thinking that, no, everybody has to be the same and everybody has to do the same thing and live the same way and all of that kind of stuff. Because I've been there where the family, I had a supportive system within the family that worked for us, that was multi-generational home Um, my daughter got to live with her great grandmother. I'm very proud of that. That's a huge, as many crazy things in life that we had been through as people in growing up and having to grow up better once we had had our daughter and things like that. Um, having to make sure that we were growing up better and getting our shit together. But the one thing I'm proud of is that her great grandmother, um, got to live with her. So, you know, there are times where like, it's very supportive to have your family around and, and, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, um, you know, my, my father helped me get a job. My husband's, um, my, my father-in-law who has been also like a father to me. My husband's father helped him get jobs. And so, you know, if, if there's a guided support system, around you that is helping. I think living with family can be extremely healthy. But a lot of us in our disabled community, especially blind community, because 
And I'm just getting kind of the story out of the way. I'm going to get to the more practical stuff and you'll have to excuse it. And you, you can definitely fast forward into the more practical stuff if the story is annoying. Like I totally want this podcast to be for you. If that means you have to customize and tweak and speed up and fast forward, you know, have at it. If that means you have to skip episodes that don't work, have at it. Um, but in any case, I digress. Um, the blind community has an extreme problem with compassion because we are blinkies, right? Like we're blindies, right? We, it's like we're a minority and we've had to fight a lot of repression. We've had, I know we don't like to think about this because it's really, there's a lot of insecurities around it, but we've had to fight a lot of repression and discrimination and equality. And like we've had to fight to even be, um, living and breathing on our own, pretty much like as a blind community, and and I and and you know even other disabled communities have had to fight this in different ways as well. So our level of compassion is not really there. We don't really tend to have one. So we almost teach each other to be judgmental in this way. Um, I'm not making excuses for any of my behaviors. I'm just telling you. I'm working through the reasoning behind the behaviors out loud to you as an introspection here. Um, and so because of that, when you do have support systems like any sighted person would have, um, they don't have this issue so much of judging each other, like not to the harsh level that we tend to do, not to the, it's not, it goes beyond gossip. It's ridiculous. And um, sighted people can like live with each other. They can get rides from each other. They can decide that, oh, I don't have to drive because my whoever in my family or whoever I live with my roommate is even a better driver than me. Um, the blind community would be very high, harshly judging each other for that. We would because we're that way. And it's not the real world. It's like a bubble. And so... This is why a lot of us have problems having like genuine, consistent friendships. It's very rare for the blind community to have genuine, consistent friendships. And then a lot of us, not only are we judging, a lot of us are watching other blind people be very, um, they're almost like they don't do certain things that we've had to fight for. Like, I'm not talking about like having your own place or any of that bullshit. I'm talking about. Um, they have their own ways of thinking and being that is a different way of being supported, like not having to use a cane and that's a right we fought for and that's something that had to be invented and all of that kind of stuff. And it's hard for us to be around people that don't seem to have any compassion towards the fight we've had in our community. Like imagine you using your cane as a blind person to get around and you're walking and you're feeling, you know, like, okay, thank God I have this aid. Thank God I have this cane. Like it can help me really navigate. And I feel like right now I have, um, something in front of me that is allowing me to walk at hyperspeed. It's like a car in a way, right? Um, in some ways it's different than a dog because you're not taking care of it and it can go and it's very versatile and it can go with you. Even when you're with sighted people, your cane can go with you. 
Um, and so you're not like having to live this whole other life separate from people. You're not having to take care of anything. And I love dogs, but I would get way too attached as well. Um, I know, um, there have been people that have known me for a long time and because they've been, they've seen my community and they've been inspired by what they've seen. They've suggested to me, like, would you ever want to get a guide dog? Even online friends have, su- have suggested the cited online friends that have been in within my interest and podcast and all that have suggested, um, wouldn't you want a dog like, or it would be very, very helpful for you. Like, I think you would be great at having a dog and they were very encouraging, but at the same time, you know, again, we have differences and, for me, I would, I'm very emotionally already, like I've had codependency issues and things like this. And if I had a dog, I would be very attached. Like the dog would have no freedom. I know when I had my own pets, um, I loved my pets and I would never mean to abuse them, but I would be so clingy that they would not get enough freedom from me. And I know this about myself. And not only that, the whole life cycle Oh my God, I can't even go there. (laughs) So for me, that's, you know, the cane is like my right to freedom. It's my initiation. I'm proud of like the the cane. Um, Although I don't know why it has to be one color, but that's a whole other thing. And maybe some of you that have studied blindness philosophy can let me in on that. Um, Because I didn't come from all that background. But imagine if you were walking with your cane and somebody took that away. Oh, you're not allowed to use it. Right. You'd have to fight for that. And um, I know like in my own family, they sort of seen it as they got used to it, but they sort of seen it as because I lost my vision within having a family and my family sort of seen it as um, kind of a uh, separation. Like you don't need your cane. You're with me. You're safe. And I want to like bond with you more and that kind of thing. And a lot of blindness, um, we go through that as well. Where, but no, I can still use my cane so that I'm at least like functional. I can still, we can even do, you know, guiding together and and talk because a lot of the guiding, there are some blind people that, for example, are totally like, why would you have somebody guide you? And there are others that absolutely love the social aspect of being guided because it gives them the, the time to socially walk and talk with somebody like a regular person. And you're not having to focus so much on the travel, but you have your cane to keep you functional. Um, it's very different. So we have a lot of issues with compassion. Some of us are overly blunt. Um, some of us overly gossip because we think it's going to help the community by doing this. Um, we think it's going to like, oh, we need to weed out these people or we need to weed out this person or whatever it is. Um, And then for some of us who don't want a cane at all and who don't hardly use it and keep it in our closet, it's because um, we feel like it's taking away that that bond we're trying to have with people. Um, And so in that way, um, I've been in kind of relationships with people that have had that like, where they just really want to bond more and they value the bonding time and they think of getting that help as like bonding to them and to them that works. Um, but like, we don't seem to have any compassion for that. Um, and so we have to translate a lot of our blunt thoughts into compassion and I'll tell you why, but 
again, that also doesn't mean that if somebody, you know, we have, there's a fine line between health and, um, between like addiction to people and addiction to love and addiction to, you know, there, there could be all kinds of health issues that can happen to somebody that, you know, you would feel responsible for and things like this because of this, um, mental health, physical health, like every kind of health there is imaginable. And so a lot of us have this hard time being compassionate towards each other because um, there's a lot of trust that goes into that and there's a lot of things within ourselves that we have to work on. And so getting into the um, examples that I gave yesterday in that episode, um, when I say things and translate them from bluntness into compassion it's like a whole nother language the languages have to somehow coexist together like a mul- you're you're speaking a multilingual uh dialect within your life because again you have to like put somebody's advancements off you have to have um boundaries when it comes to you might have some people that are in your support system that have earned your trust and you guys are able to com- contribute money and they don't even have to be um, disabled like you or you don't have to be disabled like them, but you just have had that trust. It doesn't fucking matter. Like your family, your friends, whatever it is, and you have that trust. Maybe your family or roommates because you don't necessarily have to do that with your friends, but your roommates maybe because you happen to have the same living arrangements. Um, you know, and if you have friends that are trying to... um you got to kind of question things a little bit when it comes to that. Um, That, you know, if they're trying to get in on, like, resources and things like that, you should probably question it. Um, Because anybody can turn on you, steal from you, anything at any moment. Um, And so, and that's another thing is, you know, we have, like, all these news and outlets that talk about high crime rates. We don't have the compassion for that either. Um... And I'll get to stories and a pretty long episode. Um, you can kind of pause and resume as you need to. But in any case, um, in this way, um, when it comes to these examples as in like you're eating too much, you're, you're a pig now, right? That's a blunt statement as in coming from hurt and concern. I've talked about judgments and why people do it. Um, Whereas you could say your stomach might hurt a little less if you eat these other things. Your back might feel a little better if you stretch it and do some back stretches. Not even using, like, even being mindful of the words you use rather than exercise because that word has been overused, you back stretches, like be specific. Um, and so there's, um, when you get into like deeper taboo things, like be fucking careful with who you're running with or hanging out with, or like, you know, don't even be doing this shit of, um, relationships. Um, you know, you've turned slutty now. Like, why are you doing this? That's a blunt statement and that's out of concern. Whereas the compassionate 
response would actually be be more mindful of who you trust. And that's it. And that's like way less of a sentence, right? (laughs) Um, And this whole thing could be translated into even like not being willing to understand somebody's life. So, So like if we said, well, and this is just an imaginary like dialect going on between maybe a couple different people that lives a couple different lives. Um, and they might be working some things out within their minds um, or not, you know, but this is just, it happens all the time in society with others. Um, and maybe it's, why are you working this job? Like, why are you doing this grocery job? Like, this is stupid. When really what you're actually thinking is like you have talents in other areas, but you're not saying that. You're just kind of like maybe you're having an argument with that person. Um, and so you kind of throw their job in their face, their stupid job in their face, right? Whereas the compassionate response would be like, I understand you have to work a job you hate. I understand you have to do this job. But wouldn't you be happier and less mean and miserable or, you know, that that's kind of getting out of the bluntness and transitioning into compassion if the argument was still there. Less mean and miserable if you went and did something else. If you went and did something you loved. Okay, and then we're measuring the ingredients. So let's add a little more from our cup here of compassion into this sort of cake of life, right? Um, and say that, If we were having a conversation and it wasn't necessarily an argument before it maybe got to a point of arguing or resentment, we say it to their face. So, you know, they're bitching about work and you're fucking tired of hearing them complain. You take a deep breath and you say something to the effect of within kind of the words, maybe you talk or the way you talk, but to the effect of. And maybe you take your sip of coffee or tea like I'm about to now while you're thinking about this or your bite of food or whatever you're doing. In your conversation. Suspense over. So you say, um, you know, I actually think you'd be pretty good if you went this route or you did this thing. Just advice. It doesn't mean that the person's going to listen to your advice. It doesn't mean that you know everything about whatever it is that you know they're good at. But you're making a suggestion so that you, if you don't want to hear them complain, the quickest way to stop somebody from fucking bitching all day about work is to make the suggestion to change jobs. And then they will stop bitching about work. Because they'll get tired. It might take a couple rounds of this, but they will fucking start to realize that you may not know everything. And if they still have this mindset and don't want to change it, they're just going to think, well, they don't know everything. They don't, they don't do this kind of thing. They don't live this kind of life. I'm tired. You know, I'm not going to talk to them about it anymore. And they'll stop talking to you about it. 
Or they might actually take you up on it, but very rarely will that happen. It's just one of those wait and see kind of things. And they might be a really supportive family member, but this might have to stop. Like it might be something you don't want to deal with anymore. It might be, this is your way of setting a boundary kindly by making a compassionate suggestion to them. And you can start with slow things like maybe how to survive in the current job. Like, why don't you try talking to your boss and... They could probably, oh, you don't just, that's not the way this works. That's not the way life works. You don't just talk to your boss. Your boss don't care. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, hopefully, you know, there's something that'll happen. And then you start, like, the more that if they're addicted to complaining, then you start making suggestions about changing jobs or taking classes while you're working or side hustling or any kind of like major life thing more than one suggestion might come up and um you do this in this way so that this can be of use and so then You know, that's a way of being compassionate without having to necessarily be right. Um, and so how do we learn? Well, if you have an impression of somebody and it's your first impression ever, you might not know who the person is. You might not know what to make of this. So your first impression to somebody might be, well, they're not living up to their full potential by living the kind of life they live, or they're not doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to have to like either be blunt about it or just like very aggressively show off a little bit. And so in your mind, you might be commenting like, well, this person doesn't have experience. So how are they judging? Right? Or how are they making these calls of opinion or whatever it is? When the compassionate translation is, they live such a simple life. They've set their life up that it's so simple that they are intentionally avoiding these pitfalls of other people. And that's how they're able to make distinctions and observations and form opinions about what they wouldn't do. And so the benefit of doing this and compassioning your way you're compassioning your way into anthropology education. You're compassioning your way into educating yourself on other humans. And sometimes that can form really cool um, understandings between people. Sometimes that could form distance between people once you recognize where their mind is or their priorities are if they're unhealthy. Like, um, oh, this person is using food as their form of socialization because they're uncomfortable socializing in other settings. And so any gathering that's going to have food, like they could easily eat food at home and they can easily be addicted to it because that's a comfort of theirs. But then any gathering that has food, they're going to feel better going to because that is their way of socializing. And you can decide, like, well, that doesn't necessarily, that's not a good influence for me because I need to, like, get away from that. But you can still have compassion that that is 
what is going on. You can still have understanding of somebody that that is what they're doing. Same with love. You can say, well, this person loves so many people that, you know, they have this whole bonding thing with people and they are very anarchy within their relationships. Instead of saying, oh, this person's a slut. She's a hoe. No. Like, women and you know need to stop doing that to each other. Like, we need to be more understanding. It doesn't mean that we do the same thing. But we need to be more fucking understanding of each other. To say, well, actually, they just, like, want... They're anarchists. They want love. She wants love from a lot of different people. She wants time with a lot of different people. She values one-on-one time with a lot of different people and um, a lot of separate time with people. And she values like full relationships with, with people in an anarchy way. She does not value, she has not found, she's tried for years the hierarchy and does not find value in it and does not want to put people in situations where they think that they're going to get a hierarchy from her. She actually just really would like and values anarchy. And you can take a long time or take a little while to recognize that, hey, that could actually work for me. Or actually, that might not work for me. Um, that might not be the best influence, the best thing for me to be around based on my priorities, based on my life, based on my health. But you can have compassion for that female understanding that that is what she is actually doing. And you can even, even if you've been affected by this in your own health or um, any of that, you can, if the more introspecting you do about other people um, without gossiping out loud, the more understanding you get of other people. Um, the gossiping and analyzing of other people with other people, even your closest spouse is not going to help you understand this because everybody's going to have their own judgments of people. So just hope that this helps in understanding um, and distinguishing compassion. Take care of yourself, take care of your life, take care of each other, and most importantly, connect with yourself.